Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast, guys. We have Sean Anderson from Fish On Guide Services. From uh, where, where actually are you located at? I am in Calusa, California. Calusa, California. So uh, Sean's really cool. Metropolis. Guy. There you go. Sean's a really cool guy. Uh, he reached out to me, and we've been talking back and forth. And this will be a, a cool episode because we're kind of trying to spread out and. It, NorCal is pretty far, and where he's at is pretty far from where we're at. So we get to hear a different aspect of striper fishing somewhat. Um, we'll start. So how did you start fishing, Sean? Well, where I grew up, I grew up like 45 minutes north of Calusa in a little town called Durham. Basically, one stop sign, a taco wagon, and a <laughs> gas station. Yeah. Which is, you know, a rough life. But uh, <laughs> my mom, she worked for the school district. She was she was the lunch lady. So when I was younger, every summer it was me and mom, you know, from about June to you know the end of August when school kicks back in. And where I grew up was in an orchard. And uh so like a quarter mile down from the orchard was this creek called Butte Creek. Mm-hmm. And that's it was it was amazing, man. It's loaded with smallmouth. I mean, anything wow. between a pound up to five pound smallmouth. Nice. So yeah, so mom would load up the old cutlass and we'd take that thing through the orchard, go up over the levee, and we'd spend every day down uh down on the water and she'd just let me go mob around and walk around and catch a little smallmouth and before I even knew, I mean, I don't even remember when I started fishing, but yeah, she basically so, tells me, you know, yeah. ever since I was able to walk, basically, you know, <laughs> as cliche as that sounds. So your mom actually started bringing you fishing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She oh, she takes pride awesome, in saying man. that she's the one that got me fishing. That's sick, man. That's really cool. Yeah, she, yeah she's, uh, she's born and raised here in the Northern Valley. Like my grandpa he was a big time hunter. And so I didn't really get to know my grandpa. He died before I was really, you know, knew what was going on. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, basically it was me and the neighbor kid, uh, one of my good friends and we just go and just wreak havoc on that <laughs> Creek man for our whole life. You know, we basically graduated from mom taking us down there to, you know, 
throwing the throwing the rod and reel on top of the handlebars <laughs> of the mongoose and you know yeah. being gone all day riding bikes and then getting the quads and be able to go down and fish a little farther here and there stay out a little longer you know yeah so, but you know it's when we talk about it man it's how lucky we were to grow up where we did and be able to do basically once you went over the levee uh-huh. it's like it's like no there was no eyes on you you know, we could do whatever we <laughs> and, want. And it was a different time. You know? Even we talked about Ben, like it, I feel like when you were younger, like in the eighties, you know, I, I feel like there wasn't like, maybe, maybe cause it wasn't documented, but there wasn't all this abduction shit and, you know, crazy dudes. And I think cause the internet, like it's a lot more popular, you know? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like we'd go make forts down at the Creek. Right. And yeah. These homeless guys, this this one homeless guy took over one of our forts. <laughs> and we yeah, we rolled down there. We're probably 12, 13, and there's a group of like eight of us that would all ride quads and stuff and motorcycles. And yeah. we, we find this guy camped out in one of our forts, man, and we ran that guy out of there. We were spinning donuts, <laughs> throwing dirt on him and stuff to run him out. We had our own little backwoods law, I guess you would say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's awesome. You know, I still go down there. Uh, when I go to my parents' house in the summer and throw a backpack on, grab the spinning rod, a pack of Cinco's, man, and it's gin clear water, so you can see the smallies, you know, mobbing around, and it's so much fun doing that stuff, man. So it's, that's a cool way to to kind of grow up and next to a creek too. Well, not that far, I guess, right? Uh, where you're oh, fishing. Yeah, no, in. it's. I mean, I could be down right behind the house, and my mom has this notorious whistle she can do, <laughs> and all my friends would be like. Soon as you'd hear that whistle, you'd see Sean just whip around and be, I'm out. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta, gotta make it home. If I'm not home by a certain time, but you know, as soon as the quads came into play, I mean, because I raced motocross from 14 to I was like 21, oh, so no that's way. When I, I kind of got out of fishing there uh-huh. for a while. I still fished, you know, but I got out of fishing for a while and then ran into a buddy at a bar, and he's like, "You want to go?" I'm like, well, sure, you know, whatever. And the way he went out, went about fishing was like aggressive, you know, we're out there t- to get them, you know? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I can do this. This is the adrenaline rush I've been missing since I haven't been racing. Yeah. So, so when you turned 21, it, it got a lot more serious or you got back into it. Right. I mean, started. Yeah. About, you know. Yeah. 20, 22, 23 is when I really, you know, like started going with him a bunch. I mean, cause he had a river boat and a bass boat. And, uh-huh. I mean, we grew up across the orchard from each other. I mean, he taught me how to swim like yeah. one of those deals. I mean, we've known each other for 30 years almost. And yeah, you know, and he got me into it again and I was just like, all right, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the sickness is real. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know? So He's actually the guy that owns G-Rat Baits, the, guy, the people I work for and okay. here and there. It's him, so, you know, which is pretty awesome, you know, to have your childhood friend have a successful bait company and, you know. Yeah, and you good. got to do your, your guide service. That's cool, man. Like, you guys both kind of work hand in hand. I mean. Yeah, yeah. He was actually a guide when we started. I started fishing with him again, mm-hmm. so I got to see the ins and outs of how that went on and dealing with clients, having to find fish, pre-fish, you know, prospecting, yeah. you know, and not necessarily, sometimes you got to drop a minnow down. You can't just go throw a big swim bait all the time when, yeah, you know, you know so. 
And what's it's, the uh, the body of water you're you're guiding on? Um, I'm on the upper Sacramento River, so about an hour, I'd say an hour and a half north of the actual town of Sacramento. Okay. Yeah, so that, and we have the Feather River, which kind of veers off uh, a little north of Sacramento. We fish in there a lot, and that's mainly where I do guide on the lakes uh-huh. here and there, but the bread and butter's striper fishing. Is, that, mean, is that all you really focus on, a striper, or you hit largemouth? Is it is largemouth like a bycatch almost? Um, Yes and no. I mean, to an extent. I, I love catching, you know, the big, big stripers and that kind of stuff. I get more freaked out on like a six pound largemouth than I do a <laughs> thirty. Oh my gosh, hold on, the dog got the squeaky toy. <laughs> Sorry about that. No problem. He <laughs> doesn't play with it all day. Um, but yeah, because up there, up here in the river, man, we have smallmouth, we have spots, we have largemouth. Uh-huh. You know, and I mean, I day in and day out, I'll always be. A large, I love them. I love the large mouth. Yeah. And the greenies, as we, you know, we call them the greenies. Yeah. But Definitely. that's just, I mean, it's pretty amazing body of water to where any cast you could either stick, you know, a six pound largey. I mean, I had a client a couple of years ago catch a six and three quarter pound smallmouth while we were striper fishing. Wow. That's nice, oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, look at that stupid, stupid bycatch fish. And then it jumped. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. uh, so are you, when you go fishing, are you uh, primarily like a, a swim bait guy, like your, yourself, not maybe not guiding people, but like when you go out fishing, are you kind of throwing big swim baits most of the time? Not necessarily. No. I mean, all in all, I mean, when it's striper, I mean, day in and day out, the biggest striper is going to usually come on, come on a glider. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of. The glide baits have kind of what created these upper class fish are attainable now. Yeah. I mean, they, they've only been around for, you know, 10 years, like on, you know, in the U.S. Yeah. Really, like mainstream. So when we first got them, you know, these fish had never seen it before up here. Because uh-huh. historically, if you're catching a big one, you're either sinking because we have the Sacram- Sacramento River squawfish up here, uh-huh. which is one of their main year-round forages. So you'd be dropping a 14, 15, 20-inch squawfish back on, uh, you know, on a bobber or sinking it down to the bottom. Uh-huh. And that was, you know, that or throwing a big topwater. That was the only way you could really get them. Yeah. And now with these gliders, something new, I mean, it was stupid. <laughs> it was like having the magical the magical bait everybody always talks about man i wish i could have that bait before it came out and i mean there was only you know three or four of us up here that, that were doing that yeah this is like 10 years ago huh yeah i was cheating yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean you would we would have wolf packs of oh gosh man 10 to 12 fish between 30 and 40 pounds just i mean just chasing the bait fighting over it Damn, man. I mean, we just call them knee knockers, man, because your knees are just shaking as you see them coming. <laughs> I mean, it's it's as close as, you know, National Geographic sharks eating things on the surface, yeah. you know. Damn, yeah, it's, awesome. oh, it's, it's a good time. But, I mean, fishing-wise, if I'm green bass fishing, uh-huh. I mean, I love a jig. I mean, I love to flip and punch. I mean, I got Clear Lake 45 minutes away from the house. Nice. 
So, I mean, <laughs> Definitely. Any, it's, it's hard to keep a frog in a flipping setup out of my hand when it's, <laughs> when it's time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so you've done some calico fishing down here too, right? Yeah. I went down with Justin Reynolds, uh, for my 30th birthday. Cool. And yeah, I got to experience that. That's a, you guys are crazy. And <laughs> you know, it's, there's something to be said to be up in the boilers and seeing boulders the size of houses underneath the boat. Yeah. Looking down going, I don't even want to fish right now. I, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's, you know, the big striper fishing and that kind of stuff like we do on the river. I mean, we're throwing the same stuff. I mean, I have all inshore rods, uh-huh. you know, 300 to 400 size, low profile reels, mm-hmm. throwing 65 pound braid to 40 pound top shot. Yeah. You know, so it translated really easy. I mean, yeah. it was, as soon as we got on the water, I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right. This isn't as intimidating. And you you, know. did you fish uh, inshore or did you go well, out to the islands? It was howling 25 every day. <laughs> so there was no going out to the islands because yeah. that's what we were hoping for. So we stayed in close, uh, threw a bunch of big lead heads with swimmers and I bought a bunch of giant spinner baits that Blade Runner Tackle makes, like ounce and a half, ounce and three quarter spinner baits, uh-huh. and caught some on that. Uh, I mean, we did a little crank in. That was that was wicked. Those things definitely hate crank baits, man. When they <laughs> eat those cranks, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. You you come down. You don't do. Do you come down to do any striper fishing down here, or not really? No. Um, Basically, I, we have a, uh, you know, quote, hidden gem up here, but it's been, over the years, it's gotten more exploited, you know, and so it's it's not as hidden as it used to be. I could fish all winter and not see another boat. Wow. Now it's, you're seeing four or five, six boats, you know, here and there, and, you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is, but when I'm striper fishing, I'm staying up here. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure with the internet too, you kind of like I said. I, I keep saying Instagram has been a real big uh, imp- impact. It seems like on fishing, you know, like uh, very popular. You know, over the last at least ten years, I've been into it. Uh, just seeing Instagram come and post up a lot of cool stuff too, man. Meet a lot of cool people too, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely a double edged sword. Yeah, I mean, all social media platforms are in. You know, everybody wants to post their stuff. I am as guilty as anybody else is, you know. I mean, it is it is what it is. I mean, with our group of guys that fish up here, I mean, we're not even looking at the fish in back. We're looking at what kind of dirt is behind <laughs> it, what kind of bushes you yeah. can tell. I mean, because the, the soil composition changes as you come down the river system. Uh-huh. I mean, the system we fish is, I mean... We fish about a 70 mile, probably close to 70 miles of river is, you know, holds fish. I mean, people always ask, well, where are you catching them? It's like, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're, they're wherever they want to be. They're the biggest and baddest things that swim in that river. I mean, they, they do whatever they want. They have no predators. You know, it's, I mean, it, they eat anything that's under 22 inches, basically. Yeah. 
Wow, I mean, we'll, we'll stick a spotted bass out on the moon <laughs> channel that's like 14 inches long. It's like, what are you doing out here, little guy? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> You're going to get eaten. And do you have so, a, a what's your gear of choice? Your, what type of gear do you use when you're going striper fishing or um, yourself? And then if you, even if you want to break down what you use for uh, people you guide, because you probably get some guys that are newbies and haven't done much of anything. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I use uh, all Okuma rod and reels. I got a nice little deal with Mike and Mark there at Okuma. And uh, so I use all their Komodo 350s in the 450s or the Citrix 350s, which is the non-inshore model of the reels. And then for striper-wise rods, I'm using all inshore. They're, they actually discontinued them. They're the Shadow Stalker line, uh-huh. which are you know between eight and eight foot six. And you just need that heavy backbone because we're fishing tight and snags. Yeah. You know, you're going to be able to somewhat, you know, control the fish. I mean, it's, I tell the clients, I mean, once you hook them, I mean, it's pretty much you, you're doing whatever that fish wants to do. Yeah. Theoretically. I mean, if they're in snags or you're in trouble, you know, they're going to try to put you in a tree. You kind of got to put the brakes on them, like try to put the brakes on them without popping the hooks. Yeah. But do you throw um, a braid on that too? Are you yeah, yeah. I, I use braids on braid on everything now. Wow, throwing the big swim baits with the braid, huh? Oh yeah, I've donated. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've definitely. Uh, there's a pretty sweet GoPro picture I have. I had it strapped to my head, and I cast out about a three hundred and fifty dollar glider <laughs> as it snaps, and you see this trout just going into orbit. I mean, perfectly sideways, and it's. <laughs> you know, 70, 80 feet straight up in the air. And it's, oh. you hear me on the GoPro just go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that I when mean, I first started. At Diamond Valley, I, I went and bought, I think, like two or three S waivers. And I lost all of them in one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was it going seems to be, it rains at pours, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, dude. That's awesome. And what do you, what do you hook up the uh, newbie people, like the, the people that just, you know, haven't really fished? Do you give them a, baitcaster still or do you give them a spinning reel like kind of how do you go about that well basically when you're on the river as soon as you're on the water and your bait's in the in the water you have a chance to catch a giant honestly wow so i mean we'll have a really extensive you know before you even get on the boat what are your skills what can you do like you're more comfortable with a spinning rod more comfortable with a baitcaster i mean because i have you know uh four thousand size spinning rods that have (laughs) 50 pound braid that can throw, you know, three ounce baits. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're just trying to be out there to, you know, get as much out of your time as you can. So there's no reason to be fumbling around trying to learn something new, you know, maybe first thing in the morning, have the spinning rod, get a couple fish in the boat just to kind of take the edge off. Cause you know, it's, it's how it always is, but and then, you know, sometimes graduate them up to a, a bait caster or just whatever they want to do, man. It's their, it's their day. If they want to try something new, go for it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I taught my girlfriend. She could barely cast a spinning rod. and Now she's throwing an eight-foot swim bait rod and throwing two, three-ounce gliders, no problem. Damn. There you go. Oh, yeah. It's, it's intimidating. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? Yeah, I don't take my wife fishing with me because she usually outfishes me. Or we'll catch something good. <laughs> like when I went oh, for my yeah. first Jeez, bath. My, my lady's a competitor, man. It's 
It's just like, hey, now, hey, we're together out here, all right? Kick her off the boat, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Come home, the door locks will be changed. Um, so let's talk about some of your uh, personal best stripers. I have two that are exactly the same, uh, 46.8 pounds. Wow. On what? Say again? What, were you, what did you catch them on? Uh, I caught my first one. My first 40, shoot, that was about five years ago on a, a Lucky Craft DD100. Oh, man. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't really expecting to hook the fish, honestly. Yeah. You know, I was just went out and turned the GoPro on, made a couple casts, and I got it on film, and it misses it. And I go, huh, well, I think that was a fish. Bop, bop, and it was on a little Bass Pro Shops cranking rod with 15-pound fluorocarbon. Damn. And, oh, yeah, stock hooks. That was when I was dumb. I mean, <laughs> yeah, everything's got hardware now. Everything's upgraded, 4X wow. or 5X hooks, bigger split rings. Damn, was I that mean, a scary to get that in? I'm sure you had to, like, really work it for a minute, right? No, no, it worked me. <laughs> <laughs> there was no – that was two hours I fought that fish. Wow. You yeah, by yourself or yeah, it buddy? sucked. <laughs> it sucked. Yeah. It was miserable. Um, <laughs> it took me up and down the river about oh, shoot. I want to say three hundred yards twice. Damn. I mean, oh yeah, you're just like I said. When you hook these big ones, depending on how they're hooked, I mean, the if you hook them in the top of the head, and I mean, they're going to do whatever they want because a lot of times they come up and you know smack at it and that kind of stuff. And yeah. You know how hard it is to turn a fish if they're foul hooked. Uh-huh. You know, but yeah, that fish I, I fought it, and we have uh, the creel counters that drive up and down the river to check. You know, hey, have you caught any fish? Where are you fishing out of? Not like a game warden, but they work for Fish and Wildlife. Yeah, <laughs> they came by me when I first hooked the fish, and I caught a big one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, two hours later, they come back by. They go, oh man, you got another one? I'm like, no, man, <laughs> it's the same fish. <laughs> I'm dying over here. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I finally just said, screw it. Crank the drag down and just start cranking. I was like, it's either going to come off or I'm going to get the fish. Yeah. Yeah. That was your first one, right? That was my first 40. And then, uh, and then my second PV that tied, that was on a, uh, S waiver 200. And that, that's the one that got me wrapped up in a tree and had oh, to seesaw it out of a tree for yeah, eight, ten minutes. It was terrible. <laughs> wow, man, that's 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 a big fish, man. Couldn't yeah, imagine. yeah, I couldn't I've imagine. seen them bigger. I've hooked them. I've, maybe I've hooked them bigger, but you know, it's they uh, they do whatever they want with you. Yeah, regardless. Definitely. And like green bass wise, I have I think I have an eight seventy five large E. And my one of my good friends I fished with actually caught the same fish three months later. No way. Yeah, doing the same deal in the <laughs> same area. I mean, he called me. He's like, hey, man, I think I caught the fish caught in, in May. Like, yeah. no way. He <laughs> takes a picture, and it had this big scar on its uh, left gill plate. Mm-hmm. And sure shit. No. <laughs> same fish. Damn. Yeah, right? Same Same bait. Same color bait and everything. Yeah, yeah. Unreal, so, huh? I mean, that, yeah. I mean, I 
I guess, well, I mean, you're on the river, and if it's a bigger fish, right, I mean, it's probably swimming around in the same areas. Like, I think Bobby Martinez said when they did the Calico, uh, like, did, like, a, we're checking it out with the, like, marine biologists. They, they don't really move. But I don't know about how largemouth, you know, if they're traveling or, you know, fish, how they work. You yeah, know? I have a, a buddy caught a 40-pound striper, and I want to say – shoot four or five months later um a couple of the other guys that fish on the river um they were actually there when the guy caught it the first time and they were down about 40 miles and they caught the same fish because it had the same deal had a, you know really distinct scarring on it wow yeah yeah four, 40 miles down river that's wild i mean that's far <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean these fish, I mean, man. Though they're, they're thoroughbreds, they're against, they're fighting a three to four mile an hour current yeah. since they're born. You know, true, true. I mean, not to knock on the lake stripers, you know, and like all the landlocked reservoir fish. That I mean, they don't have to fight current. I mean, these fish fight current every day of their lives, and I mean, th- you can hook a big one and it'll peel forty, fifty yards of line off before you even know what's happening. Damn. Yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense, dude. It makes sense. I mean, if you're, you're in that environment, you're going to be a lot stronger. You know? Oh, yeah. Definitely. So let's talk about uh, some of you have any rookie mistakes. I mean, your guides, so you probably got some funny stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a couple summers or falls ago, I was, I was calling it my after work power hour. I was getting off work and towing the boat to work and then hauling butt to the river and going out because i was on this wicked top water bite uh-huh. and i mean in four trips i caught four fish over 35 pounds wow and yeah it was unreal so i was every day after work i was you know, balls to the wall to the river you know and first day i dumped the boat talking to a guy to blah, 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 you know i'm all you know just got off work i only got an hour and a half to fish and Getting the boat fishing, fishing, and you know, I run a 20 foot uh tiller, uh-huh. so I go running into the back of the boat to move. I get to the back, and all I hear is psh, psh. I look down, and no, oh, there's about four inches of water in the back of the boat. <laughs> oh, shit. yeah, so forgot to pull the plug yeah. or put the plug in, and you know, but then I ended up sticking a nice one a little later that night, uh-huh. and then. You know, the next trip I go out and I, I'm the only boat on the river with talons. Uh-huh. So I, so I usually launch my boat in current and the talons kind of, you know, keep it there when I'm unloading and stuff. Yeah. I unloaded the boat. I usually tie it off to the back of the truck, you know, and I did that and I'm like, man, I must've put a lot of line out. Oh, nope, nope. I just never tied it off to the boat oh. and I see the boat floating down river <laughs> <laughs> and uh gets stuck on a gravel bar like 60 70 feet off the river off the bank and when was this in the winter or was it in the summer uh, this is about october so it wasn't too bad uh-huh it was so i had to swim out go get it you know push it off the gravel bar which was a, more of a pain in the ass than anything yeah yeah and then <laughs> the next trip this is all within this was in know, that week or couple yeah of this times. is about yeah it's about a week of me just you know i was just so eaten up on this top water bite i was on i was i was only bringing one rod you know it's like i'm on it let's do this and the next time (laughs) i forgot to tie it off again but my talons worked so i you know hit the button drop the talons down 
only about 30 feet off the bank and had to go swim out there and go get it. Man. Bring a change sometimes, of clothes, dude. Sometimes slower is faster. <laughs> Serious. You know. Yeah, I, I, the same. That's what happened. My, I remember my first time taking the boat out when I dropped it. And we get out there and I, I'd uh, lost the anchor. Uh, I forgot how to tie a fucking knot. I was so, like, stressed out. I was trying to tie a knot, and I'm like, what am I fucking doing, man? Like, I'm like, I don't remember. I'm so stressed out, you know? And then the same trip, my oil line breaks, and I have to get fucking uh, a tow boat, the uh, vessel assist, to take me back in. <laughs> oh, horrible, yeah. Horrible we don't have any trip. of that on the river. Yeah, I bet. It, uh, you're calling a anybody you know with a boat, or hopefully somebody drives by with a bigger boat, because, I mean... We're we're running in anywhere to four or five inches of water sometimes. Wow! I mean, every, is all that the why you have beer, the tiller yeah. so you can kind of kick your motor up when you need to? And oh well, it's a, I got a jet drive. Oh okay, wow. Yeah, yeah. So my boat basically it drafts while running probably three inches of water, four inches of water. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So if there's you know if there's enough water to cover the rocks. Theoretically, I can make it over. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, sometimes you don't, you know. <laughs> I mean, I had an older Bay Runner was my first riverboat, uh-huh. and I had that for six years. Never hit a damn thing in six years of learning the river. And then I went and purchased a brand new boat, you know, brand new everything. And <laughs> first two months, man, <laughs> stuck it right on a gravel bar. Oh, yeah, that was that was bad. I threw up. It was just <laughs> I was so messed up, you know. Were you I mean, stressed out as shit. Uh, or did the, you eat it? Did you when you hit the gravel bar? You just did it toss you or anything or no? No, it didn't toss me. It was it was low light in the evening, and the the glare on the water looked like looked like ripples, uh-huh. you know. But it wasn't ripples. It was just little little rocks sticking oh, up. Damn. And I just missed the channel by a couple feet. And it's basically like landing an airplane without any tires or anything. Dude, I bet. Yeah, it, it messed up the boat pretty bad. Broke the because uh, we have an impeller that sucks the water. Because jet boats have to make power uh-huh. to do propulsion. Yeah. So. Like my, my motor is a 115, but in reality, it's only an 80 horse because okay. you lose about 30, 35% of your horsepower. Because you're pulling the water in. Exactly. Like, All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I broke the impeller out, Fuck. pull a bunch of other stuff. And, and how old was the boat then? Uh, three months old. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's horrible. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. Is it like a new boat owner? You're like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, it was bad. I was, I was bad. And then shoot this last end of September. Cause up here on the river, you can do a lot of things. You can duck hunt, deer hunt, uh-huh. you know, all this stuff. And I deer hunt up here on the river. And my buddy and I that actually that owns a bait business. You know, we went and we harvested two deer back to back. I mean, like, bam, went down. Oh, oh, there's another one. Bam. So we're all stoked and driving down the river is getting dark and, I mean, he's grown up on the river. Uh-huh. I mean, he knows. Like, he he runs full blast at night. It's the scariest thing <laughs> ever. And you know, we're going, and he looks over. And goes, hey, you want me to run this section? I've been running it all time at night. I'm like, oh, it's it's cool, bro. Don't worry. 
right over a gravel bar and we get stuck on the gravel bar i mean we are stuck stuck yeah so yeah so we got two 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 dead deer in the bow of the boat it's dark (laughs) everybody we're calling nobody's picking up i'm getting chewed out by him oh it was yeah he goes typical sean have a good day and go do this i'm like thanks bud thanks for being so positive yeah so luckily the guy i purchased my bay runner from is like a second father to me and i finally got a hold of him and he's like oh yeah i'll come save you you know yeah oh yeah we (laughs) we didn't get home till like midnight it was yeah it was it was a it was a buzz kill, but whatever. I mean, it was all good. I mean, yeah. I switched over to a, a stainless steel impeller now. So okay. it's, you know, super heavy duty. It doesn't break. So yeah, yeah I, it's I, a little I, bit of idiot insurance, <laughs> you know, I took my boat to, uh, the snake river. I went to Idaho for a family reunion, uh, July. So I was driving up and down and I kind of like checked it out. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. So the next day, I was going to go with my uncle, and we were going to hit a lake that had some good bass fishing. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And I fucking take my prop right out. Boom. Hit a rock. I'm like, shit. Horrible. Ruined my whole fishing trip. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I see guys run props up here. And I'm like, you got some gojones. (laughs) I mean, because we have a lot of um, underwater clay banks. Like, Uh you'll be running and be like 20. Deep up here, it's 30 feet. Uh Uh-huh. And you'd be running, and all of a sudden you're in two feet of water, and it's all clay. And you'll see yeah. the the uh, prop marks on top of the clay from people going by. Oh, I bet, man. Prop boats. And it's like, oh, I wonder how that was. Yeah, serious. Really you good. Know, you. On top of that, I mean, there's hundred foot cottonwood trees in the river. Damn. You know, you're, 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 the river's always changing. Like right now, we're in flood stage. I mean, we've been in flood stage since the beginning of. January and that and, kills the fishing pretty good then, huh? Oh, it's it's no. They they actually closed the river to where it's illegal if you get oh, on damn. the river because you'd just be putting everybody else in danger. Yeah, you know, basically like with the Coast Guard when you got you know a get you know gale wind or yeah. over a small craft advisory. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, because yeah, so you got to learn the river. I mean, it changes every year. Uh huh. I mean, some years, you know, the channel's on the left side. Next year, the channel's on the right side. Oh, there was a tree there. Tree's gone. Tree's 150 yards down now, so you know. You're and, keeping, you're keeping uh, like, kind of a, like, uh, some type of uh, documents when you're going or in your head. Hey, 
when I'm going to come back out here, you kind of know where stuff is. Like yeah, like usually the first couple runs of the year is kind of a little bit of a recon run. Okay. You know, and, to, you know, figure stuff out. And a lot of the Sacramento River goes to irrigation, goes to you guys in SoCal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so it'll, it can drop, you know, a foot or two in a day. And you'll be like, I don't remember that snag sticking up yesterday. Yeah, that's crazy. You know? Yeah. I mean, you got to have your head on a swivel. I mean, I... This December, I was fishing with uh, Matt Allen, a tactical bassin, and we were out, and I just wasn't paying attention, and we were drifting down sideways, and, you know, I I just had been through there, but the river was going down so much, and there was a little snag sticking up, and we hit it basically 90 degrees off the port side beam, Uh and it flipped me out of the boat backwards, and... You know, I'm in my bibs. I got my deck boots on, my jacket on. I mean, it's 40 degrees out and the river is 48 degrees. And it it dumped me in the swift current and I started getting sucked down and I didn't have a life jacket on. Shit. And luckily I just shown Matt how to run my boat. I mean, cause a tiller is a whole, whole nother ball game. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. And it was going into one of the deepest, gnarliest little, back eddy holes i mean you could be on a hundred on your trolling motor and you're not going anywhere and luckily he got it off the snag and back down and grabbed me with the net and pulled me back in Dude, that's so scary it was if i was alone i i definitely would have died there's i wouldn't have stood a chance to get out of you know the undertow and the swirls and stuff people die on this river every you know once every couple years from going tubing, getting stuck on a snag and that kind of stuff. I mean, it was, it was an eye opening experience. That's for sure. Do you wear a life vest now? Oh yeah. I got Mustangs now. Really? Yeah. I got the, (laughs) uh, the auto inflate PFDs. That was, I mean, it was unreal, man. That was one of the scariest things I've ever had happen. Definitely, man. I I would think, (laughs) oh man. Yeah. I fish so much by myself, you know? And yeah, there was, yeah, I, I wouldn't have stood a chance. It was pretty much I got bucked off in the worst possible spot. Well, thank you God you're all right, off. man. That's, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> good times. Girl, girlfriend's like, you're wearing that lap jacket every time. You got to call me every hour. Yeah, yeah, I bet, man. <laughs> uh, do you have a group of guys you like to fish with up there? Yeah, I got a couple, couple buddies that uh, we've grown up together. And we didn't really fish together, but we all kind of, you know, growing up, we really didn't, you know, hang out that much. But then, you know, through fishing, now we're, I mean, I only talk to a certain amount of people up here. Uh-huh. I mean, it gets kind of drama filled sometimes, as everything does. You know, it's a big <laughs> river, but it, it's a small river to an extent, you know. Especially if you're guiding, right? I mean, it could kind of change the whole thing, right? Because you're, you're on there a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And w- which is nice, though, because I try to keep you know, cordial with everybody. Cause you don't ever know who you're going to run into out there when you're going to need help. Yeah. You know, and, but yeah, I got a couple friends that we all fish together. They all got boats and I'm on the water more than they are. So they'll call me and be like, all right, what's going on? And, <laughs> you know, I'll spill, you know, the whole thing to them because they're not going to say anything and that kind of stuff. And I mean, everybody can come out and do it. Yeah. But then again, you know, it's, it's hard to put a big bait in your hands 
for, you know, eight hours at a time. Cause you're only fishing really for a couple bites up here. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell the clients, I'm like, well, if, if they book a trophy trip, I'm like, we're fishing for two to three bites and they're going to be over 30 pounds and you better hope everything aligns. <laughs> yeah. That's the cool thing is then you offer, you offer two different trips and a trophy and a regular kind of yeah, fishing. Oh, that's exactly. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. But then again, you know, I mean, a trophy trip is, you know, 12 hours we're throwing basically exclusively all big stuff yeah. to an extent. I mean, I don't get into the throwing 150, $200 baits anymore. I just, with <laughs> clients, they're going to break them. They're yeah. going to lose them, yeah. you know, but like I make my own a rigs that have 500 pound wire. Damn. I mean, that's a good all around bait that catches them from 12 inches to 40 pounds. Yeah. You know, and it's easy to throw. It's easy to fish. It gets snagged on everything, though. <laughs> There's some <laughs> on the trees and stuff. But yeah, I got I got to throw eight rigs down here. A lot of people do. I just tried one time and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, so I lost it. So I need to get back on it because I know a lot of guys catch a lot of good fish on them too. So yeah, that's. I mean, if I can get on a if I'm green bass fishing and I can get on an a rig bite. Oh, it's, it's game over. It's my, <laughs> I love catching fish on a rig. I mean, especially when a big striper hits it, it's just the biggest freight train just <laughs> nails you. And it's, oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> um, Not being able to fish right now is driving me insane. <laughs> well, at least you get to talk about it, but uh, let's talk about the bait company you're involved with. So did you have a little bit of a, an opinion on the design of the bait and the design on the actual design? Were you involved in that? Not really. Um, okay. He's kind of had it going for a while. He used to do, well, it's G-Rat Baits, uh -huh. G-Rat and we're out of Durham. So we're in Tackle Warehouse, Fisherman's Warehouse, Monster, all that. So we're slowly expanding. Uh -huh. It used to be all handcrafted resin, but to mass produce something by hand is impossible. Yeah. So, um, but no, I basically had a lot in the R and D of actual just being out there on the water and throwing it. Yeah. Giving and input back what, what I thought that kind of stuff, a bunch of feedback and, mm -hmm. and cause he basically had the bait pretty dialed to begin with, but he works full time. I had a bunch of time to fish. So I got the first couple prototypes and yeah. I was skeptical cause I'm always skeptical to begin with fishing a new lure, you uh -huh. know? I don't know. You know, you have your baits you're confident in, you know, and, and after the first couple of bites, I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> Cause I mean, our baits, yeah. you know, it's, it's a basically an S waiver size that, you know, that eight to seven and three quarter inch glider. Uh -huh. And the way ours is a little different. The profile is a little smaller. It's not as bulky. Uh -huh. So when these fish eat it, even the five pounders swallow it. Wow. I mean, they just, I mean, my first big one I caught swallowed it about four or five inches below <laughs> the line tie. And I mean, the tail was already in her crushers. Fuck. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Yeah, it was, oh, it was wicked. I mean, <laughs> just that. And, you know, it's, it's been my friend for, you know, 25 years. And when, you know, something that he's worked on and worked on so hard and finally it all comes together and we got a bait that's catches fish. I mean, it's, it's just a whole nother feeling. You oh know? yeah. I, I bet man. Just watching your friends, uh, 
do something cool is always awesome, man. It's, it makes you almost, uh, it's like taking a buddy that's never fished and getting him on a fish. It's like, fuck yeah, you know, they, they're like, why do you go fishing all the time? This is why, you know, because they don't see a, catch a bigger fish. And I think that's like another fun thing. But a company, I couldn't imagine, you know, like watching your friends have cool fucking companies that do well. has got to be a great feeling, man, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that and, you know, being at shows and that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're sitting there basically trying to sell a bait to somebody, but it's not like you're pushing a bait just to push the bait. You're pushing a bait that you have confidence in you have the time i mean it's something that i you know it's i put that in my work you know my toolbox and here we go we're going to work with this yeah and it, it's something that you're passionate about and it's easy to talk to people about it and be like hey this is what i use this is why i use it here's the proof you know i mean i wouldn't fish it he, he, yes, he's my friend from forever, but if his bait sucked, I'm going to come up with this thing. <laughs> hey, you'd be like, hey, asshole, get this the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, Which is right? easy to tell I your mean, friend. I don't, I mean, don't, don't want to be too much of a dick, but, <laughs> you know, but he's, I mean, he taught me everything I know fishing-wise. Yeah. And, I mean, the cool thing about our glider, well, all of our baits have rotating hook hangers. Okay. So, basically, you know, like... <laughs> I don't know if the calicos do it as much, but you know, they'll short strike it, get that back hook. And then they like to turn on them, spin gator roll. Yeah. So basically they're spinning on that hundred pound swivel. Wow. So they, they, they're not able to use the torque of a bait that size to their advantage. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, he caught two stripers on one bait and <sighs> they were, I don't know, five, six pounders, but each one had its own treble hook and he just laid them there in the water next to the boat. And they're just spinning like a drill bit and they couldn't get off. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a cool design, dude. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, it costs a little more to put it in the bait, uh-huh. but day in and day out, it's, it's, it's going to help you land more fish. I mean, it's, it's one less advantage the fish have that goes to your advantage. Definitely. I mean, Definitely. we can only control so many variables, switching hooks out, getting better line, you know, and just one more thing you don't have to worry about. Are you going straight braid when you're throwing, like, is there a leader at all or no? Yeah, yeah. I'll do? I'll do a rod length, a 40-pound mono. Okay. Yeah. They're not too line shy up here. Okay. Um, it's got a pretty good green hue in the water. Uh-huh. And that green mono really goes away. Awesome. So you just need it. I mean, you need the braid because you're in the current so you'll usually always have a pretty good bow in your line yeah so i mean when they hit it you need to be able to get direct connect right then yeah but with straight braid we were popping too many off oh i, I mean yeah yeah it was a humbling experience you know <laughs> yeah i learned about leaders from from going the surf i would always fish straight braid all the time just on lucky crafts the 110s and when I started fishing calicos on boats, I started using sometimes using uh, leaders. And when I fish, you know, freshwater, the bass that I do catch will be somewhat of a leader floro. But it's cool, like uh, listening to this, and it's like the payment of this is just learning all the different shit from everyone, man. You know? Oh Getting yeah, exactly. Man. You get to pick that. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. I'll try that. Yeah. Or this guy said this, and you know, and. I mean, same deal when I, we have the high water reservoirs up here, the high mountain reservoirs up here, uh-huh. which will have sometimes 20 foot of viz. Wow. And yeah. So you're throwing, you know, six pound fluoro <laughs> and you have 
you know, a 20 foot leader. Yeah. I bet, you man. know, and it's, I mean, that's what's cool about living up here, man. I mean, I can basically put a map up of our area and look in an hour in any direction, either be, you know, in the Delta, in the tidal fishery, you know, flip in, punch in that kind of stuff for mm-hmm. the bass there, or, you know, go, go West, go to clear Lake and go, you know, fish docks, go throw a big swim bait, go deep crank in or go to the East, you know, go up in the mountains and start chasing big spots, you know, and yeah. fishing light line and doing that and sticking eight and nine pound spotted bass. I mean, it's unreal up here. I mean, it's, it's so much fun. I've been on the lake at Bullard's bar three times now when the world record has been caught. It's like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a local tackle shop you go to up there? You kind of want people to support, you know, we like to let well, people know the tackle go, shops that, that yeah, we use. go to Johnson's bait and tackle a oh. lot here in Yuba city. Okay. It's, it's, they just, uh, changed ownership and they, they're a really good shop. Now they, they have way more stuff than I thought a local shop up here would ever have, but they're kind of in the middle of everything. You know, it's like I was saying, they're right next to the river. So they got everything you need for stripers. Awesome. You know, they got everything you need for the lakes, you know, yeah, and yeah. the owner used to be a big saltwater guy. So they got a bunch of lean cod stuff and, you know, salmon trolling stuff for the ocean and yeah. everything. Well, awesome, so that's, dude. Other than that, I'm, I'm a bread and butter tackle <laughs> guy. It's hard not to. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm there with you. It's easy to, uh, it's easy. Or even Amazon, it's just easy to go, but I tried to make a point to go to the local tackle shops just because, uh, I guess to, su- to support them, you know, man, it's always cool. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have one right here in town. It's called, uh, Kittle's Outdoor Sports. Uh-huh. And it's been here for forever. And I could remember being younger, going in there and looking at all the stuff. And I mean, we used to, I used to grew up in Chico. We used to have a couple tackle shops that, I mean, whenever I go into a tackle shop now and I can smell that rubber worm smell, <laughs> it just brings back the memories of going yeah. in with my friend's grandma and just going and buying stuff. We don't even know what we're doing, but yeah. we're still buying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. You're our first uh, freshwater guy from up north, so we appreciate that. And uh, where can they contact you if they want to get a guide service with you if someone's up that way? So I'm on Instagram at uh fish on guide service. So it's basically F I S H A W N guide service. Okay. And in the bio description, it has all my contact info. It's got my website on there. Cause it seems to be more people are looking at Instagram now than even going to websites. Yeah, really, man. And uh, what about the baits? What if people want to check those baits out? Where can they check those out at? Um, yeah, so our main website for the G-Rat baits is, uh, it's just G slash R-A-T-T dot com. So G-Rat. Okay. And yeah, we have all the baits on there, uh, cause we also make a four piece swimming rat, which is one of the only rats on the market that doesn't have a bill. Wow. And I mean, the way that thing swims through the water is just so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> we got some guys down there in SoCal that got some a couple years ago and i think he's got the biggest three fish limit had like a 14 a 13 and a 12 wow on the rat yeah i mean i lost the biggest large mouth i've ever 
hooked this past summer on that rat and yeah she jumped four times i'm like stop it <laughs> just, just stop it and jumped off at the boat you know and yeah we also have the uh the magic mouse which is a three-piece uh rat or mouse and you can walk that thing like a spook yeah and i mean the way it comes through cover it's a single hook right so you would think why would you put a single hook on here I mean, you could fish it around, you know, new grass, mm-hmm. uh, primrose. I mean, when I'm fishing with Garrett, he uh, he basically he, he pitches it where I'm pitching, you know, a flipping <laughs> bait up under yeah, trees. Yeah, frogs almost like. Oh, it's unreal! I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? He goes, I'll oh, just watch. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> kid. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, but, awesome. Yeah, that's you. I mean, we're on tackle warehouse. I'm in the process of trying to get us into a bunch of the stores around you guys. Save on performance. Yeah, awesome. You know, last chance, that kind of stuff down there. Yeah, so, yeah. You know that that that'll be really cool, man. And uh, you're going to be at Fred Hall this year. Yeah, we'll be at Fred Hall. Um, they didn't tell us our booth number. Okay. But we're going to be in row 800. Awesome. And yeah, come on by and check out what we got and yeah. swap some fish stories, man. You bet. We'll be by. I'm going to, this will be my first year. So I'm going to try to hit up everyone that's been on the show and say what's up. So yeah, uh, I've never been to the Fred Hall. So I heard it's pretty intense. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I heard too. So I'm saving all my money for beer. I'm not going to buy anything but beer. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah right i mean i've been to a couple trade shows here in in norcal we have the international sports and expo yeah that looked cool yeah that, that's a fun that's a fun event but you know i mean you're you're in your booth from eight or ten to eight every day and wow you don't really get to go out and visit yeah <laughs> but you know then again it's just it's like a big family reunion you see the same people all the time and yeah you know definitely. and it's going to be cool to see the main saltwater aspect down there. Yeah. That, that saltwater stuff intrigues me big time. Yeah. I love it, man. It's fun. And even though I'm just uh, learning it, it's always fun, man. I love fishing and all kinds of fishing. That's why we're having you on because I love striper fishing too, even though I stuck ass at it. <laughs> hey man, so, you gotta, gotta learn somehow. I exactly. can't catch it from the couch. Exactly. So thanks again, Sean, for coming on uh, check out his guide service. If you guys live up that way and uh, check him out on Instagram. Thanks again, man. All right, man. I appreciate it. I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. <laughs>